Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. What does it mean to be Black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as Black experiences, you'll hear... It means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcast. They were like, put it up against your window at a hotel. You know, so of course I tried at a hotel and put it on. It's just a noise machine, guys. <laughs> just a white noise machine. That's amazing. It, I'm it, sorry. Even, it was and it was terrible. The, all of it. And I mean the technology behind it and the whole bit. I mean, they gave updates. They did the whole bit. But, I mean, this was just a cheap noise machine, guys. So, yeah. Two episodes left, guys. Welcome to the Fanatics podcast, the Dexter episodes. I am one of your hosts. My name is not just Teddy Reed, who doesn't appear in this episode, sadly, but I am David Magadoff, as well as my co-host, Miss Claire Kramer. Hi, Claire. Hi, David. And you know what? I think Teddy was in the station. He was just getting some coffee. He was refreshing the coffee. Technically, Teddy was in this episode, but uh, me and Esther were uh, having a little time gotten a little Santa hat on, having a good holiday spirit. But like many moments in the show uh, and every television show ever created, things do get cut. And so we were left on the cutting room floor. But I get to enjoy it as a pure fan. I'm technically in the recap if you see me too. So I'm, I'm there. I'm always there. Teddy is always. You're omnipresent. You are. (laughs) (laughs) Omnipresent. But this is, this is a hell of an episode. It was I, I read all the episodes uh, from the beginning, and it's so fun because it's been at least six, seven, eight months since I've last read it, and it really does get this feeling inside of me of like, oh, I'm watching it for the first time. I totally forgot that happened. This is cool. So this is this is a really fun thing to do with you because I really genuinely am full-on full on fan. Even though I technically know where it's going, I really do get to geek out. Um and by the way, before we get even more into this episode, guys, Alano Miller, Logan, yes, Detective yes. Logan himself, uh, a dear friend of mine now, uh, he is going to be with us this episode talking about the future of tech, all the wonderful things there. You know him from Jane the Virgin, Cherish the Day, Halt and Catch Fire, Loving, Damages, uh, Sylvie's Love, so much good stuff. We'll get to him in a bit, but Claire, take us into episode well, eight. Well, first What's of all, you mentioned, you mentioned Logan and... I'm I'm waiting for the Logan character. I feel like the final two episodes, he is really going to partner with uh, Chief Bishop and really dig in. Now, we saw Chief Bishop. The, the focus wasn't her, but we did see her uncover the ketamine sort of reoccurring injury amongst these victims that she's seeing. The shot in the neck, the poke in the neck. And I... That's obviously leading her to the Bay Harbor Butcher and digging deeper with Dexter Morgan. So I think Logan and her are going to sort of partner up for the last two episodes to create, you know, the the perfect team of investigative, you know, goodness against Dexter Morgan. However, this episode focused, well, there was the trifecta of partners. There was, you know, Chief Bishop and whomever she was speaking to. Then, of course, we had Curtin Harrison partner up in this episode and then we had elric elric right and uh dexter jim Lindsay, dexter morgan all right it was it was a crazy episode from the very second where we see dexter in the back of the truck and you know he's you know restrained but what i didn't know initially was that what he was dreaming about which was harrison you know beating up and killing the other two high school wrestlers getting, you know, they came to get their revenge on him and he turned against them. I didn't know that was a dream. Did you right away? Here's the thing. 
I was living in the same place that Sandy Bookstaver, who directed this episode in episode seven, mm-hmm. who we had on as well during the Jamie Chung episode. Go back and listen to Sandy talk all about episode three, guys. Uh, but Sandy was like, hey, come check this out. And I got to watch this cut that he was so proud of, of this scene, this all-in-one-shot scene where Harrison is now taken over in his cabin by the Moose Creek wrestling team, and he starts to slice and dice them up. And that was for episode seven, and it was a dream sequence for Harrison. Okay. This is what originally it was. And it didn't make it into episode seven because they're moving things around because why not? And post-production shit goes down. And they clearly made it a fun moment in episode eight where it was a dream for old Dexter Morgan. And I thought that was a very interesting choice. That is an interesting choice. The fact that it was a dream for Harrison first and then got moved over to a dream for Dexter is very interesting because I thought the violence in it was pretty extreme. You know, I mean, Harrison was not holding back. I actually, as a viewer, was like covering my eyes and like, oh my gosh, like I'm definitely one of those people who I love every, you know, gore and violence and all that in cinema. But I do, I am a cover-eyer person. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, ah, this is is pretty extreme. However, knowing that it was originally Harrison's dream makes it even more extreme. Because we haven't seen him, other than breaking the arm, exhibit that level of aggression and violence yet. So that was that it was a good recap to the end of the episode where Dexter's like, son, I'm going to tell you everything. You never have to feel alone with your dark passenger. And Harrison, like immediately that so touching moment where he just hugs him in the car. Yeah, that was a really sweet moment to end on. It really was. I know what's upcoming in the show. And I was like, wait, is that how it ends? Or is there something else? And I was like, oh, no, we're just ending on the sweet moment. But uh, things do, ah. things, more things happen. Uh, <laughs> no, no spoiler alert. It's just me saying there's more plot, everyone. Uh, <laughs> but I loved the tension between Kurt and Harrison this whole episode. Because it's been so long that I even forgot exactly. I'm like, I know. I remember, like, I remember Kurt does try to take Harrison's life. But I forgot when it happened. And I was like, did it happen during the baseball time? And just the, just, yeah, him getting pelted and Harrison having his own issues. It really was such a gripping, I was feeling on the edge of my seat uh, moment watching this. That really kind of went up my spine a little bit. They both play it so nicely and it's done so eloquently. And you just don't know when the right going to drop. Well, I mean, it the up until the very end, I will say this. When the baseball scene happened and he didn't like first of all, that machine was very aggressive, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I I've never seen maybe I'm just not I haven't my kids haven't gotten to that level of, you know, but our like automatic, you know, pitch machines are not that crazy. So I thought that was like and I'm like, it looked like a meat chopper where maybe like a Fargo was going to happen. Like he was going to like <laughs> feed him in there or something. Um, that was just me projecting my love of cinema on to each other. You know, but that's but that, but Claire, I think you nailed it. And that that's what they want us to do. You know, yeah. that's what the director and the writers wanted us to feel. They want us to feel like, is this going to be a weapon? Is, right. is Kurt like, going to put his slam his face into a trophy case is is what like, you just kept waiting for like what when's that shooting right. drop? And then when it didn't happen and they go and they're going to the cabin and like you actually at first when he gave him the whiskey, I was like, this can't be good. You know, poison it. <laughs> yeah. And there's a bottle of Jack Daniels back there. So I'm like, I don't think that's the whiskey he's feeding him. I think he's like giving him a better a single malt or something. But <laughs> anyway, uh no wine and, spritzer. Right. No wine spritzer. And when they're eating and then I'm thinking, I actually thought, you know, I think that I really think that Kurt is going to like adopt Harrison. Like he's taking what he wanted in Matt and he's completely molding this malleable young man into a new son for him, a son that he can share, you know, his dark passenger with or his dark side with or, you know, whatever. So when he came out in full on, you know, white camo mode with the mask. I was like, no, I don't think that's what's supposed to happen right now. <laughs> I I was shocked, actually, because right? 
Because it's I, so I, sincere. Clancy's playing it so sincerely. Kurt is being so sincere. And you're starting to understand. You're going, where are the lines being blurred here, right? It, it's like, I just felt like he was investing too much to a relationship with Harrison and trying to recreate that Matt scenario with Harrison. You know what I mean? From looking at the trophies to the baseball scene to, you know, having the Venice and whatever. So it really came as a shock to me. I don't know. I was shocked. You know what? You know what was going down essentially was that he was just trying to kill time. He was trying to kill time because he needed, he really wanted Dexter to be there to see him kill his son. And all it was, was him just killing time. And that's essentially, but he, Played the part really well and was just trying to keep him endeared and that he wouldn't run away and would stay with him and just kept loving on him. What a what a fucker. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. OK. Meanwhile, Dexter's giving, you know, Elrich this Irish smile, which was like, oh, so oh, hard God. to see, you know. And then I loved when the char- the actor who played Elrich actually stopped in the snow and was like packing the snow onto his face. I'm like, you know what? That's a nice moment. That's a nice moment for him. <laughs> Wouldn't it hurt? It, it's like, yeah, yeah, that would hurt. I'm glad he put some ice on yeah, there. That's what I would do. <laughs> I think, oh, I, you know, Tommy Flanagan, who was on Son of Anarchy, he actually has a real Irish smile oh, and it, from a knife fight. And oh, it God. is, I always, I never asked him about it, but I always wanted to because that's such a crazy injury, you know? Anyway, oh. moving on, uh, Dexter did bring a knife fight to a gunfight and Dexter did win with the knife, not not surprisingly. However, once he plows into the scene with Harrison and Kurt and Kurt just kind of like runs away, I was like, wait, what? That's it? He's like just running away into the woods? I I was surprised that there wasn't more of a moment between the three of them and also surprised that Dexter and Harrison just kind of like stood there like, well, I guess he's gone. Okay, let's get back in the truck. I I wanted more um, sense of urgency right there. Yeah, I also was watching that too going like, I forgot again. I don't remember. I was like, does Dexter jump in the car and drive off and try to run him down. And I think right. in that moment, I mean, said, you, you see the gun get run over initially when he's yeah. like going towards Kurt, like drops the gun or something. And, but then just to see Kurt, like run into the woods, I was like, surely he's got like an AK 47 back there or something. hidden, And he's going to unload on these two. So they need to get out. Well, maybe there's that, it's that feeling again of like, he, they're serial killers. They're not, you know, mass murderers. They're not coming up with, you know, terrorist style plans. So in his mind, he's just like, He's got his own quirky little world and his little kill cabin and the way he knows how to get these people. So let me just save my son. And I have my son and now I have the closest thing to me. I don't want to let him get away again. I don't need to chase anybody. But, you know, see what happens. Because clearly, I I certainly would hope that we would see some sort of uh, conclusion of some regard, wouldn't you think? <laughs> yeah, I there has he to be. He just ran away. <laughs> I mean, actually, so I was thinking about this as well during this episode, because usually when Dexter was a 12 episode series in the original run, you know, yeah. se- episode seven, eight, and sometimes bled into nine were kind of like filler episodes. You know what I mean? But I really like the 10 episode format, I think, for this type of storytelling, because we're not having to endure sort of those filler episodes that don't really advance the plot, you know? So here I am eight episodes in and I'm actually wondering, okay, what, there's a lot to be tied up in the last two episodes, but I think that that's the appropriate amount of time to tie it up in, not three or four episodes. So anyway, I like the choice that everybody made with making this a 10 episode series versus 12. I I think you're going to enjoy the next two episodes, Claire. I know I am. <laughs> Some very, really fun I things. I still happen. haven't seen Kurt's, um, what do I want to call it? Circle of Dead, you know, in the caves. I'm still hoping that my prediction All on that ladies. is right. <laughs> well, remember, Clyde Phillips, Clyde, Clyde Phillips is on record for saying uh, that episode 10 will break the internet. So let's see what happens there. What does that mean? You know, if I said any more, then the internet would break today and we need to wait at least two more episodes <laughs> before I, we break all break it. Kim Kardashian can break the internet. Uh, technically, the term breaking the internet means so much so much downloading and streaming and talking on the internet has, it will overwhelm 
the uh, universe that is all the web data hosting and Amazon clouding of the internet. And okay, is, well, I'm into it. Is, that is what he is prognosticating. That's if a pretty that, tall order, huh? It sure is, but I'm in. I'm in. I believe him. Okay, so one more little piece of business to tie up here with episode oh, eight. And really, this was episode seven and sort of bled into episode eight. Kurt's father, do you believe he was a that he ever killed anyone? We know he didn't kill Iris. That was Kurt. You know what I mean? But do you believe he had... The dark passenger, Kurt, is blaming him for his own actions, obviously, and using him and the, the you know, 30, what, 37% DNA or 36% DNA match to write off his own guilt. But do you actually think that Kurt grew up with a horrible role model of a father who was also had a dark passenger? If I remember correctly, Claire, didn't they show in that same episode where we see that younger Clancy? Uh, the younger Kurt, uh, if you will, uh, don't we see a flashback of like an actual kid, Kurt Caldwell, with his father kind of beating up a woman in the back of a truck? So I, I yes. do think if I remember, so I do think his actual dad was a, as a, fucktard pig. Is he is he words. of the level of Dexter and Kurt? Or is he just like know. an abuser? He could have just been like a drunk who just beat up on women, which is pretty bad in itself, but um. You know how bad he was. I don't know. If, I don't know if we'll ever know. But he was clearly a uh, not a good guy. Right. Not one of the good ones. Not a n- ng. No good. <laughs> but speaking of the one of the good ones, we have yes. on today uh, one of the great ones, uh, Alano Miller. Uh, I got to be quote unquote roommates with him. We we were put in a in a dressing room together uh, towards, uh, maybe two thirds of the way in once because they just needed some extra space. And then when we had, when we had extra space, we were like, no, just, let's just stay together. And then we just hung out and it was just fun to have a buddy. And we realized that we live three miles away from each other in Los Angeles and hang out with his wonderful, a beautiful wife, DeWanda Wise, who you can see in a previous episode talking about supermarkets. Yes. I love DeWanda. Um, and Alano is so terrific in this role as Logan, and I think everyone's just been enjoying him. I hope you can act. They actually made on Spotify a breakup playlist. <laughs> they act an actual Logan's breakup playlist. So if you want to actually go listen to it, I think that's amazing. And he loves Boys to Men and some other wonderful things that oh. are actually on the playlist. So there's a lot of meta things <laughs> happening. Uh, But today, uh, he speaks with us about his love of technology and the future of technology. So speaking of breaking the internet, uh, shall we continue? Absolutely. We hope you enjoy this episode with Alano. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Alano, it's hilarious and wonderful and feels like kismet that today, as we are speaking, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp is all down. And so today we talk about the future of tech. How do you think, how do you feel about this? <laughs> it's all a part of the grand plan. No. <laughs> That's actually 
perfect timing, if I if I may say so myself. What do you mean, perfect timing? What does that mean? Tonight? Well, I mean, we're talking about tech, and of course, then tech fails. <laughs> and, you know, we've been having a bit of a, a battle with tech right now, especially in the social media area. So uh, to see it kind of like fall apart for a day, it's, it's a good thing, I think. Okay. Okay. I like well, it. Well, it's not the first time, and I'm sure it won't be the last time. <laughs> um, but let's just pause the conversation for one second. How do you define technology? Uh, I would say something that is outside of our human makeup that affects our social, our economic, our mental, emotional, physical well-being, how we exist in the world. Mm-hmm. Wow. So like that could literally be, in your mind, a shovel to a computer? Yeah. I mean, you know, the reality is, is that technology, it always takes something to make something, right? And, uh, and so we are now in this space where we are, you know, really diving all in on tech in every facet that we can think of in our lives. And uh, they're so, sometimes they're so massive that we only think of the, the big ones, but they're the tiny ones um, that, you know, that affect us that we don't actually think about. And we use them every day. And that could be simple as a toaster or a coffee maker. I mean, those are massive things that uh, are affecting us in some shape or form. So what gets you going with it? Like, what is it the thing that gets you excited about the future? I just think that we're in the right time. It's very interesting. It's like, man, you think about the time. There was no video games, no smartphones. You can't, there's no such thing as Alexa or Siri. You know, you're, you're talking about being able to communicate in such ways. Just think about our health industry. Think about the way food is being made. Uh, you know, there's just so many facets at this point where it, it has an umbrella, you know, dealing with health or dealing with entertainment or, de- you know, it's just so much. I mean, think about like basketball, for instance. You know, I, I love the fact that LeBron James will probably be like 50 years old and will still be able to play. And that only takes, you know, that's technology to being able to know the science of that more where we didn't know that before. And that's really cool to see where we will be in the next 30, 40, 50 years. Uh, and of course, there's some downside, of course. There's always a, a flip side of the coin. But I just think there's more positivity than there is negativity when it comes to tech. And that's exciting. Well, when when you consider your definition and sort of like how you just explained it, it seems like it's a network of knowledge sharing that didn't exist before. And that knowledge sharing enables everyone from medical profession to athletes to a student to access knowledge that was not accessible 20 or 30 years ago before the advent of you know, the cataloging systems like the internet, right? So, so where, what is the future? What, how do we expound on that? Wow. Small question. (laughs) And, you know, no pressure, but I just, (laughs) you know, what is the next step? You know, obviously like Apple just came out with like the Apple tag, you know, the little, the fobs and there's things happening, but like, what's the next big idea in tech? Is it just more, cataloging and a cleaner system is it something that we have not thought of yet oh i hope it's something we haven't thought of yet that'll that's the exciting part who wants to just do things that we've kind of you know i want to expand i want to see how far we can go i mean i think right now the future is unfortunately right now the future is kind of controlled by humans and and that is a good and a bad thing in that you know, humans, we tend to manipulate information that we put into our systems, and therefore it can create uh, separation, more disenfranchisement, it can create more racism, it can create all these other social things that can polarize us as a society. I mean, obviously disinformation, obviously, all that is doing that. But I think where we are, say, for instance, in medical field, right, you have nanotech, and you have 
the ability with AR and VR, which allows our medical doctors to or students to learn how to do real world things without actually physically physically being there. I mean, think about how this pandemic has affected us. You know, more people are doing things through Zoom or FaceTime or whatever and connecting with their medical professionals. You're talking about CRISPR, for instance. That's huge for, uh, you know, uh, for cancer. Um, just being able to edit genes and to understand. We're just really diving into some spaces. I mean, there even is this place right now where people have figured out, uh, some doctors have tried to figure out how to uh, make life, you know, longer. And, and, you know, that is exciting. They say the person who's going to live to be 150 is already alive. But you bring up a really interesting point because you said, like, humans are problematic in their thought because they're, you know, there's, an objective and a subjective point of view and there's emotions that come into, but we're the ones who create the, and program the technology. So how do you factor that? How do you make AI devoid of the human, the X factor, the human factor? I wish I knew. I wish I knew how that would be the case. I'm honestly, it's like, do you, even if you put a perfectly diverse panel, you know, age wise, color-wise, religious-wise, all those things, I still don't think that we have the ability uh, to separate our personal, um, our political agendas just as a whole because we are inundated with information and points of views and uh, we are constantly being told what to think. You know, we don't have a lot of uh, leaders in our world. We have a lot of followers, unfortunately, but that isn't always a bad thing. There is good and bad to every side of the coin. So I don't know that answer, to be honest with you. And you know what? I think it's a good point that now that we have technology, we're aware of how many leaders and how many followers. I don't necessarily think that percentage has changed over the centuries. I think that now it's just, you know, cataloged, as we were saying. Anyway, <laughs> but we like that though. We, but I, that's like the technology. Like we like that. We like kind of being told, you know, just think it's about data. It. Yeah, but it's, think it's, about like Instagram. You're you're on Instagram, and then all of a sudden you get that advertisement for that random thing. And you know what? For some people, they're like, I don't like that. That's weird. And for a lot of other people, they're like, I'm so happy that it knows what I like and what I want, and so it's catering to them. And that's that's the dilemma that we're in right now. Okay, Alano, you ever uh, looking over at someone's computer and you see what's being direct advertised to them and you're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen, I've seen like some stuff come up on a colleague's computer and I'm like, oh, I'm, I should not be looking at that. Anyway, mine's yoga pants. That's what, that's what they market to me, David. And Alano. Listen, I like what I like, Claire, and I'll share with you what I, what, what if you want to know, I'll just tell you what it is. You don't have to keep looking over my shoulder. If I like Spanx, I like Spanx. Okay. Okay. Um, my legs look good in them. So they do. Alana, thank you, Alana. <laughs> so, I can't weigh in on that, David. Sorry. <laughs> Alana, you clearly like the future of tech in the way that it helps advance society and is a good thing for people and makes people better. And that, that's clearly what I'm getting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So how often are you probably downloading, if I could use the term, future of tech stuff. Are you listening to podcasts every day? Are you looking at Twitter every day, Instagram? Would you say it's a weekly thing? Like how often are you going? Oh, every about day. The next every thing? day I'm, I'm looking at uh, something. I'm reading an article. I don't like to do Instagram or Twitter or that kind of thing because it goes down a different type of rabbit hole that I don't really want to uh, indulge in. But I do love reading. And so... Um, I basically, you know, go to certain sites that I know that are reputable and will actually give me more insight or make me want to go down certain rabbit holes of our future that, that are exciting. I mean, I like, I want to tell people, you know, everyone's thinking like, oh my gosh, you know, we're going to have flying cars. And I'm like, no, we're not going to have flying cars in our time, you know, of being on earth, unless we get extended in life in 150 years, then yes, maybe who knows, but Right now, you know, it's really hard to get a pilot's license. <laughs> so 330 million people getting a pilot's license doesn't seem feasible at this point. But anyway, 
like I just I really enjoy reading where we are where we the possibilities of where we could go and it's very exciting and of course you know I think the thing is is that it's also the thing that we're all afraid of you know whether we want to admit that or not people are afraid of technology because they can't control it you know they don't really understand it but but that's life too right yeah I don't know what do you what do you fear about technology uh that it gets into the wrong hands you know, that it's being used not for our good, but for to push an agenda that will continue to separate us. You know what I mean? It, it, it becomes about being able to understand uh, that we're all interconnected. So the more that we continue to remove that, the ability to meet each other, to see each other, to, to feel each other, that part does, you know, make me afraid because I don't want us to become a society where we separate ourselves and we just live in our own little apartments and we have our food and our things from Amazon being shipped in, but we never step outside and we never have that, you know, interaction where you can hug or have a nice dinner together. I mean, you have Facebook now being able to, they're trying to create this other space where people can now go to meetings, but you're an avatar. You know, that's, <laughs> that's the space. Everyone is trying to separate us from each other. And I, I don't want that. I want us to continue to be in each other's lives. You know what I mean? Spe- speaking of the avatar thing, is there something you've read or listened to recently that you're like, this is cool? Is there something you want to share with us? Like just of a recent discovery or you're like, what? Right now, it's in the medical field. You know, I I'm really, uh, I'm really big into cancer because my father passed from cancer as well as my brother, and so you know, and and also a dear friend of mine um, in Chadwick, and so it's just one of those things where it's like I want to understand it more and uh, to see what they're developing, what's the new what, and so right now um, to see that. You know, a couple of people have been cured of AIDS uh, or, you know, or people who have, you know, fought stage four cancer and survived because of some technology. That stuff is very exciting for where we are and where we could be in, in our lifetimes when we as we get older. Um, that right now is the cool stuff. Okay, so that's a really good point, because you're talking about, you know, medical cures. How do you separate to me, it's about the doctor being creative and using their intellect and then utilizing technology such as, you know, the scans or the whatever machines. So it's kind of like it's not technology and it's not just the human. It's the combination of having those two things meet at the perfect moment with this one person to affect change. What do you think about that? I think that you're spot on. I, I think that's why they're developing more and more systems, uh, affordable systems, actually, that allow, you know, the consumer, the patient to be mm-hmm. in more control and to have more insight. I think this is the perfect time to have more insight about your body, whether it's DNA testing. Um, they have a what's that company? I think it's forward. The name of that, you know, where you can walk in, put your hand on it. And it kind of tells you more about your body. And that's I don't want to I don't want to know about that company. <laughs> <laughs> Claire, Claire, Claire goes to backward. Okay. It's a <laughs> I just, you know, like there's just certain companies that are giving you more insight about your body and, you know, to prepare for the future. And and I think that's that's really exciting. But, yes, it's going to take um, the, I think it's going to take technology to be to infiltrate more in our college areas, you know, people who are getting their doctorates in, the, in those fields and being able to utilize it more. Like, for instance, Halo, uh, which is a lens from, you know, Microsoft, being able to be in those kind of uh, use that type of technology to understand more things. And the more that we, we add technology to these programs, uh, the more that we're going to prepare our, our these students who will be then doctors for the future. Because there's a lot of things that we will never be able to understand. I mean, look at no one, I mean, well, a lot of people actually did point out COVID was coming, but the, the point is, is that it's here. And so, you know, we are, some would say we are very blessed that we are in a time where they could develop a vaccine, whether we want to, how we want to feel about that. The point is that they could develop it in such a quick way uh, that it can have a, a positive effect on our lives to hopefully get back to some form of normal whatever we want to call that now. (laughs) 
Alana, would you say the Apple keynote address that they give however many times a year now is small fries to you and the way that you get new information? Or are you like, no, that's still a pretty big deal. <laughs> uh, I love Apple. You know, I used to work for Apple, uh, more like not in the corporate side, but mainly at the store kind of thing. I love what the company is trying to do, especially with privacy and working on that, um, especially in the health arena. But yeah, that's small fries. <laughs> it's not a big deal to me at all. Uh, you know, I don't care about the new whatever they're releasing because they're going to release another one in the next three or four months. And that's kind of how they they roll. It's been watered down because they have to keep updating the iPhone every year. So you can't keep releasing a new iPhone. Um, look, they if they wanted to drop the hammer, Apple could always drop the hammer. But, you know, they like to tease and give little things here and there. But if they wanted to change, like massively change society, they could at the drop of a dime. Well, they're they're what I consider like consumer technology. Yes. You know, they're they're in a different business than sort of like the technology that's going to take us, enable us to travel to Mars or, you know, do a medical scan. You know what I mean? There it's and there's a place for everything. I mean, I guess. Right. The consumer technology is just as important as medical technology and and space technology yes or no yes absolutely yes. i mean think about gaming for instance uh gaming has been considered to be better than meditation um it is it's been shown to help so many people through so much getting us through this pandemic a lot of gaming went up sky skyrocketed and so that's that's one aspect obviously content you know data not being in this business it's you know, everything is about content, content, content right now that has given us uh, creators more opportunities to, you know, put things out there that normally wouldn't be bought or even considered by networks and studios. I mean, it's just being we're really in a different place because of technology I and mean, streaming is obviously exploded for us. And that is, you know, affected us in so many different ways. So I, I, just the way that we will interact with humans is my only issue, really. And that, and that means, like, in the sense of jobs, too. You know, people nowadays have stopped going to work, and there's a reason behind that. Uh, and where are we headed? And how do we curve, not going back to work, but how do we curve the... the I think that's where, like, the self-monitoring has to come into play. Like you, you know, as a, as a child, you expect your parents to self, to monitor for you, you know, the hours, the, you know, your activity still factoring in, okay, yes, you can play on the computer, but you also have to go to sports or go outside and whatnot. But, at, you know, when we turn 18, we lose that yeah. in our lives, you know, hypothetically, or some of us do, I guess. So as an adult and as a contributing member of society, you have to be able to self-monitor your own technology. It seems like it's a new skill that needs to be taught in a way. I mean, that's why Apple puts that, you know, on your phone now. It tells you how long. The screen report? Yeah. yeah that's rude. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. I'm all, let's skip that this week. You've been on this app for 20 hours. Get off of this app. <laughs> so, I mean, Dewanda, you know, my wife, she, she has a thing that like locks her out of Instagram at a certain point, you know, and tells her like, no, you're not allowed to go on. I mean, there's just so much. That's cool. Technology is, is good and bad. <laughs> what like thing coming out in the future? Or maybe it's something, Alano, that you have thought of that you're like working on that gets you just like, yes, that is what I'm talking about. That is the future of tech. Yeah, I think the future of tech, I'm, and David kind of already knows this, is, is uh, you know, it's it's in that VR, AR world uh, where we can, where it feels, you can feel, smell, taste, all the senses in one space. And you can travel anywhere in the world at any given time uh, and experience whatever that is. And that is definitely going to be, that's already being developed. That's already being, content is already being made for that. And so that is kind of exciting to see where we're going to say that, like, now I'm looking at you on the screen and being like, I can just put my glasses on and I could actually touch you like through the screen. That's that's kind of cool uh, to have the, you know, to, to feel that, but never be that like next to you. That's an interesting thing or to be able to digest something, to taste the food. And then actually not be in your hand. Like all of that kind of stuff. That's a very interesting place to be. I don't know when, but it's coming out very soon. I do know that. It's fewer calories. 
Yeah. It's fewer calories. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find a way to make it full calorie. Don't worry. Because Claire, I was just reading today uh, in just by chance saying that apparently Zuckerberg says in the next five years, his main focus for Facebook is to create a metaverse. So yeah, this is that this is what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, that's coming faster than you all could really, really imagine, right? Whether we want to like it or not, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's coming. <laughs> Delve into the shadows of the mind. With Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. But the interesting thing is for you, you know, I, I had ideas about what we're going to talk about. But for you, the allure of technology and especially where it's going is the human connection mm -hmm. and the human interaction and expounding on that and not isolating, I guess. You know, I mean, the wonderful thing about the Internet is you have people in remote areas who can connect with people anywhere in the world. For example, a teenager who is feeling like they're, you know, gay can now connect with someone if they don't have anyone in the small town through technology. But I didn't necessarily think that's what today's conversation was going to be about. But I feel like that's your love of it. And your passion is really like based in the human aspect, which is interesting. Yeah, I think that I just feel like at this point in the game, that's our main, you know, gift is to, you know, we've been put on this earth to sharpen, to create, to debate, to inspire, to encourage, to motivate, to do all these things, to do all these great things. And to we can't remove those aspects. You know what I mean? We need to learn. We we all are innately uh, sponges. And so we, we are constantly gathering information to make decisions, to, to know how to feel, what to eat next, all of that. And to be inspired about whatever new thing you want to cook or, you know, what new thing to how to organize your room better or whatever simple thing. And I, I find all that fascinating. We didn't have that ability before. Now we do. And it's only going to get better uh, and also get worse. <laughs> I don't want to not stress that because there is always another side and I don't want whoever's listening to think it's all roses in my head because it's not. I mean, there's obviously other sides of this that are very dangerous and scary. And I, and I don't want to ever add fear or take away the fear. I just want people to be balanced and understanding that we do need to choose the moral side that will be not just best suited for our personal selves, but as a society as a whole. We'll cut to a clip of iRobot at the end of this episode. Don't <laughs> no, worry. No robots. We'll make sure everyone gets the yin and the yang. So have you ever, have you ever, Alano, uh, invested in a Kickstarter product? I actually did oh, once. Uh, yes, I did. All, so to be fair, I want to explain to people on Kickstarter, if you have not been, there are constantly people in pretty cool ways that are saying, hey, I want to make this new bit of technology. I just need the funds to do it. You guys get to be the first people to buy it from me. How much would you like to invest? And often it's usually raised way more money than they're even asking. So have you ever put your funds into that? Yes, one time and one time only. <laughs> <laughs> I learned. Uh, so there was this gadget uh, that would allow you to basically, uh, by the press of a button, if you and I were having a conversation across from each other at a, say, restaurant, I could put this in the center of our table and press it, and it would then allow us to be the only ones in the vicinity to hear each other or to kind of monitor the 
sound that comes in to the, our conversation. Um, so in a sense, it's kind of like a buffer. It kind of creates a sound barrier. And of course, I was like, oh, this is going to be trash. I know it's going to be trash, when I'm, but I'm going to try it out because I want to. Exactly. And I've been always curious about this kind of thing. And uh, we got it. Two, in fact, two came in. It came as a thing, two. And it just turned out to be a noise machine. (laughs) (laughs) What I want to know, what I want to know, though, is what did you think it was going to do? Because my wife would kill for this because she hears everybody's conversation all the time. She can't stop it. She just hears everybody's. She just can pick up someone from 30 feet away. So I love this. I do want to know what it was advertising though that it would do differently like the cone uh, in the in, you know what's the cone of of, of silence and right. get smart or whatever yeah i mean it said that it would be able to yeah basically like create a sound barrier yeah not I mean, like a it's, it just means to soften the sound so you don't hear as much you know so if a person who you know person next to you is being extremely loud you know, they can now soften the sound just a little bit. And I was like, I'm curious about this. It wasn't expensive. So I was very like, okay, whatever, let's try it. But I know it was. So then, of course, I they were like, put it up against your window at a hotel. You know, So, of course, I tried it at a hotel and put it on. It's just a noise machine, guys. <laughs> just a white noise machine. That's amazing. And it, I'm it, sorry. It, even, it was And it was terrible, the, all of it. And, I mean, the technology behind it and the whole bit. I mean, they gave updates. They did the whole bit. But, I mean, this was just a cheap noise machine, guys. So, yeah. Have you ever been on set? Uh, well, obviously, I, I can tell you from my experience with you, having done six months of a of our show, that you were an evangelizer in the best kind of way whenever we – because we're in these tents. We're freezing cold. Sometimes we actually got to be indoors. That was nice. And you would, we would always learn something new every day from Alano in the best possible way. Have there ever been times where you've learned from somebody or like you've been on a set and somebody happened to know as much of you or nope, you're pretty much the guy who always knows whatever is the first thing to know about. Yeah, I don't really find too many people who actually know a lot about tech. I mean, you just think about the average person who uses a computer, right? They use it for what? Email, some pictures, music, possibly watch a couple of clips on, you know, video and then maybe write up a word document. That's about as far as we go. <laughs> um, so I was the guy who always fixed people's computers. Uh, I did it on our set a couple of times. Uh, you know, people end up losing their data or something and the hard drive crashes, that kind of thing, or coding. Um, so I don't really find too many people who get into that space. Uh, they don't want to know about flying cars or uh, autonomy or, you know, robots or any of that kind of stuff because a lot of people just don't believe in it, you know what I mean? So it's uh, been a lot of fun to just kind of get people curious about technology. How can someone not believe in a robot? Like... They're here. They're, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, there's nothing to not believe in. <laughs> Amazon just released their little robot that goes around your house and that kind of thing can take you a beer. I mean, it started with Small Wonder many, many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, really, what, what do you say to someone who's like, I don't believe in that? I just say, wait and see. You know what I mean? I don't have to... It'll be yeah. here whether you want it to be here or not, and it will be in your face whether you want that to be or not. I mean, unless you move to some remote uh, woodsy area, which by, at this point, they're trying to remove that as a possibility. They want you to be always on the grid, and that's a part of the plan. And that, for me, is just kind of all interesting how it's... But I just say, just wait and see. I mean, there's a, there. it's already happening. I'm like, what do you think... You know, where do you think you're getting your McDonald's uh, food <laughs> from? It's some machine that's flipped your burger and put it in, <laughs> and put it in, you know, in a bag and done the whole bit. I mean, this is this is the time that we're in. We're just we're having a hard time transitioning. It'll take us some time. Alana, I love I love one of your major whys, which makes my heart happy is like, hey, you know, people in my family, people very close to me have passed on from cancer and I'm really interested in the future uh, breakthroughs that happen. And so 
that's a cool drive for you. You want to see how other people don't have to go through what your family went through and what other people went through. And that's a beautiful thing. And that makes me happy. Now, my other question is, where did it, where did even it all start? Like, where did you first, did you remember being 11, 10, 9? 12. Okay. I was 12 years old. Um, I had gotten my first computer at Mac and my mom took me to uh, this store that no longer exists called uh, Comp USA. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, a version of Best Buy. And they were going out of business and I didn't know that. But my mom, my, I got my teacher to talk my mom into getting me a laptop. And I was very excited because I knew my mother was a teacher as well. So I mean, it's her, you know, coworker. So I knew I could, if, if he spoke up for me, then I'm getting this computer. So we walk into the CompUSA and uh, this gentleman says, hey, hey, don't buy this computer. Uh, I have a version of this computer, but it's an open box. So it has not been taken out of, it's just been the box is open and we're going to knock off $300 because we're going out of business and da, da, da. So of course my, ma- my, ma- my mom's eyes light up and she's like, yeah, we're getting this computer. So I get home and of course I do the, I go upstairs, I, I you know, open it up, I, I smell the plastic <laughs> kind of thing and I go through it and everything else and I turn it on and it makes that bong sound, you know, uh, that Apple is known for and... Uh, and I immediately turn it off. I flip it over. I run downstairs and go into my dad's uh, toolbox. I grab all of his screwdrivers, a hammer, some other things, some tape, and I remember going upstairs, and then I opened the computer up, and I took it apart completely. And I then put it back together, because uh, ner- I'm so nervous, I went down too far. I went too far. <laughs> I put it back together. Uh, a couple bolts, obviously, I forgot to put away, <laughs> put in there correctly. And uh, but it turned back on and it worked. And I think the reason why I did it at the time was because I just had to see why. I didn't understand the magic. I think a lot of people walk around and they forget how magical this is that planes fly and that we go to the moon or Mars or that we just that we create satellites or that we have all these cool things that we can use in our homes constantly and their new updated versions and yada yada. That you and I can have this video chat that I can do that on my on my computer um not on just on my on my phone or my computer but or my iPad but also on my watch. Like you can do so much now and there's VR and graphics for an Xbox or a PlayStation like what? This is all magical. And so at that point I was like I have to consume all things tech because I felt like, you know, like Nintendo, you just, you know, you blow in the cartridge and you kind of smash it a little bit and you, you know what I mean? Like, and these buttons that work and you don't know why it moves the character. Like someone thought of this and there was coding and there was thought process and all of this to create a world that comes out of someone's brain. You know what I mean? And that is fascinating to see uh that go from you know nothing to 30 40 years of tech that has exploded in a major way i mean think about all the car- like everyone's used to driving their own car the moment all of a sudden it was like they're creating taxis with no one in it and driving around california people are like i'm not getting in that car and then a lot of people are like i absolutely want to get in that car and see what that experience is or, or the fact that you get on a train and it there's no conductor. <laughs> like this is all like mind blowing, and no one and everyone accepts it, but no one really explores or like there's no smile on your face that you can go and get this iPhone that's going to take pictures better, or you know tell you you know put it up against your wrist and it tells you what your p- blood pressure is, or like all of that's what what who does that? Like that's really dope, man. I mean. So why not think about technology? Uh, because, the, you know, there's so much greatness that's in it. Um, I do think the blowing in the Nintendo cartridge, though, is actually pure magic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Alano, that was so great to hear. I love the idea that we're just 
feeling like, right, Claire, that we're just entitled. We're just like, yeah, of course there's going to be a new iPhone next year. Not thinking like, why is there going to be a new iPhone? What have they been doing? We're just like, well, I know there's going to be new things. We're so entitled. You're right. Very, I mm-hmm. love bringing back to like, this is not a given. This is a joy. This is something to be celebrated. Well, and implying that in all fields, like in the medical field, perfect yes. example, you know? I just think about all those kids. thankful. I was growing up, obviously, without the ability of AR, VR. And I, you know, you open up your social studies books and they tell you about the Louvre. They tell you about, uh, you know, what statue, what this, Greek mythology, all these things, places, the Eiffel Tower, all this stuff. And then now you could just put on glasses and go there. Like, that is cool, guys. Like, why are we acting like that's not... I spent two months while we were shooting, uh, on and off, obviously, uh, going to the International Space Station, you know, Mm -hmm. just in VR, because I wanted to learn more about it. I was writing something, so I wanted to learn more about the space, and then having to move my, you know, your body can't grab things. You know, all of that is kind of cool, bumping into boxes and you know, don't want to die. And like all these things that it added to the space and floating out in the space and seeing how far I can go. Can I be melted by the sun? I'm trying to try it all. And that's actually really cool. You can't do that, you know, 30 years ago. Like, come on, guys. Why do you not think this is magic? Like, it's pure magic. And it's only going to get better graphics-wise and in being able to be more tactile. People are scared, man. People are scared, but you are not, and that's beautiful. Run you towards fearless. your fears. Uh, Alano, this has been a pleasure. We end every podcast with a love letter. Uh, I feel like it's you've been already going. <laughs> I feel like this whole podcast has been a love letter in the best possible way to the future of technology, but if you could still do us the honor. Dear future of technology. Uh, I will say this. What a time to be alive because the opportunities are pretty much endless. And uh, if we can find a balance uh, where we can invest in each other and explore technology, we can build so we can build a protopia society, one where we can live not harmoniously because, you know, that's just not a thing. <laughs> but one where we can survive and learn and explore and create and build and possibly have a better uh, balance in our own life and our family's lives. And that to me is what technology has the possibility of doing. So if we can stop using it for <laughs> for the negative things and use it for what it's actually there for i think we could really do some amazing things in the future signed alano horatio miller guadalupe <laughs> guadalupe guadalupe uh thank you so much <laughs> that May was awesome be with you by the way alano a uh, fun fact are the grandest of grand poobahs here at Roddenberry Entertainment. Rod Roddenberry himself has this to say about himself. Most people like the cutting edge of tech. I like the bleeding edge. And I feel like you would be right alongside with him. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So I'm probably the only liberal Jewish millennial that you know who gets the Wall Street Journal. Thank you, father-in-law. And I genuinely enjoy it. And I was reading this morning a whole bio piece because Michael Dell has apparently a biography that is coming out. And this is shocking. shocking. (laughs) Uh, And he, his very first computer was an Apple, like an Apple II. And the first thing Mm -hmm. he did was he bought it and opened it up. And I immediately thought of what Alana was saying that. And I, I think that's was really creepy that I read about it the exact same day someone else just was talking to us about he bought it. What do you what do you think they're trying to find in the soul of their computer? Are they trying to find the soul? What are they what are they trying to find? Because like it's a puzzle piece. Opening it up, it's interesting. It is a puzzle piece, but it's more than that. It's almost like they're trying to see how the computer differs from the human mind. 
I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into that, but especially at a young age, you know? Well, I don't, for me, I think there's two types of people in the world. Tell me if I'm being a little too narrow-minded. I think there's people who are like, oh, I like that. Let's just watch TV. And then there's some people who buy the TV and go, yeah, let me open up this TV. I want to know why this works. How does TV happen? And I'm definitely one of the people who's like, oh, fun, pretty thing. I don't need to know why. I constantly look up at skyscrapers and go, how did that get built? But I think clearly Alano is one of those guys who just needs to know the why. Why does this thing work? It's amazing. What a marvelous thing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and like he says, he likes to be he's looking into the future. He's looking at what what happens next. It You know, growing up in Ohio, and I've talked about that before on this show, it really reminded me of the one community that does not utilize technology because they believe that their religion will be compromised and their morals and their values, which is clearly the Amish community. Yeah. And it's just really interesting that 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 they've been able to preserve sort of I don't I don't know if you want to say preserve, but I guess preserve their lifestyles without technology and what a difference the last, you know, specifically 30 years have made in the way the Amish live versus the way the English, which is what they call the outside world. And they make great pretzels, Claire. Is that your takeaway from this? My takeaway (laughs) is that when you don't have to be stuck behind a computer all day, you can make a bona fide great hard pretzel. And I'm thankful for the Amish for that. That's what I grew up with in Lancaster in Pennsylvania. (laughs) Well, you know, it's it's interesting because who needs to be stuck behind a computer all day? What what jobs mandate that we're stuck behind a computer all day? Is the job mandating that or is society mandating that? What is coming first? You know, we talked a lot about the implementation of Zoom since the pandemic. That is something that has now become like office standard protocol versus coming in in person. And we're at a point with vaccinations where we could come in in person. We could be meeting in person more and more often, you know. However, the technology seems to have dictated that or determined that not necessary. And here we are behind our computers looking at each other, doing our thing. It's it's a remarkable thing. Very meta, very metaverse. We're bringing it in before Facebook's even doing it. You know, that's another word that is really interesting, metaverse. There, There is no accepted definition of metaverse. I mean, the Facebook already is a metaverse. You know, they own Instagram. They own WhatsApp. They own, you know, they're integrated with Shopify. There's so much data collection and, and data storage from the consumer that, I mean, that Mark Zuckerberg saying he's trying to create a metaverse, that it's already there. <laughs> There's no discussion. So I don't yeah. know. I, I think that a big part of today's conversation with Alano for me was looking at like the definitions of things. You know, I grew up in the 70s, 80s, where interestingly enough, we weren't looking to put labels and define as much as now I feel in, you know, this in the 2000s and and last decade. And it's just I don't know. I felt like today it was like understanding what defines technology and the uses and like even categorizing it. I think that would be really helpful as a society to break it down into different sectors, you know, and then each sector sort of has its own set of like mission statement, if you will. I don't know. I'm going I'm going way too deep, David. I got to get, you know, I got to go out and like have some coffee and talk about this with you because the show's got to end eventually we'll eat a hard pretzel together and we're gonna we're gonna hash this out we're gonna figure out the future of tech together i'll text alana we'll put on a, a, gr- a group text solves everything <laughs> not <And> today speaking, <laughs> speaking of defining i would define this conversation as a hell of a good one guys thanks for listening all right before you guys go we got more dexter goodness next week yes Dexter's boss himself, Fred Jr., Michael Cyril Creighton. You know him from Spotlight, The Post, High Maintenance, Dash, and Lily. Of course, Only Murders in the Building on Hulu and Game Night. And of course, Dexter New Blood. And you're going to know him even more for his deep love of Madeline Kahn. Yes, the great Madeline Kahn, a comedian of comedians. Enjoy next week's episode. See you then. 
thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your Fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode. Technology. Oh, can't you see? Technology. For you and me. Technology. Oh, Lordy B. Are you tired of dating assholes? Do you want a Prince Charming? If so, we're filming a reality show. Sign up here. 12 American women are flown over to the UK for a Bachelor-style reality dating show. There are so many questions about a show like this, because it's so odd. These women have been told that they were going to be dating the world's most eligible bachelor, Prince Harry. What? Y'all playing with me, right? You can binge The Bachelor of Buckingham Palace exclusively on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app.